Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the fourth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October we lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I am your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by my beautiful wife, Katie. Hi. Sam. What's up? Emma. Oh, hey, that's me. I didn't say serious. And new friend, special guest, Rachel. Hi. Hit that music. No, not yet. Oh, shit. Damn it. Hi. <laughs> We're keeping that in. We got it. Oh, great. I First realized... impression. I'm like, here's the thing. I will consistently disappoint you. So I'm glad I started no, no, right no. from the top. No, I, <laughs> set you up. I set you up perfect. for failure. That's right. I it was apologize. a setup. This is a shakedown. <laughs> I set you up. Let me keep that in. That was great. But I set you up. I am so sorry. So okay. <laughs> and we are reviewing the 2009 American dark comedy horror film Jennifer's Body. She's evil, and not just high school evil. Oh, ooh, from the film. It could have been better. Could have been better. Oh, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's Rachel? not great. It's not great. Um, so I was trying to be clever. I think I failed, but I came up with something wicked is brewing in devil's kettle. I don't know. It's not that oh, great. Oh shit. It's not that great. Oh, damn. No, but that's still way better. That's, that's still way better. So much better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I knew that. I had something about chewing. I, I was working on something. It just didn't come out. I like the yeah. vibe of the original one. It's just too tame. Like it doesn't, it's like, yeah. Chew- evil not just high school like okay but like that's the same thing that like every single high school girl says about like it's like a mucinex commercial it's too easy yeah 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 right like but i couldn't think of anything else i mean i wrote something down but it's not better but i was just like something needs to capture the like teenageness without it being lame be something about high school really bites or Ah, god damn what I wrote was boy crazy doesn't even begin to cover it. Oh, I kind of like that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I like that. That's pretty sweet. I mean, she's she's eating those. She's a man eater. There we go. Maybe that was, <laughs> why wasn't that song in this movie? Right? Right? Diablo Cody. That, that moment when she like walks down the hallway and she's in that pink zip up jacket that looks like it belongs to a six year old. Like that would have been the perfect moment for man eater. Also like hundred percent somewhere there's a pop punk cover that they could have thrown in into this movie and it would have just fit perfectly. Yeah, it'd have been good. Yeah, no, instead we had to listen to Through the Trees like for five fucking full minutes every day. <laughs> yeah, mess. Hey, Rachel. Oh, hit that music. The squad is working in the lab late one night when their eyes beheld an eerie sight. For the horror movie list began to grow in size and suddenly, to their surprise, they watched them all. Here was the scream of With no lights on. All frozen, no cons. Okay, happy spookies, everyone. This is episode 23 out of our 31... Halloween marathon. We're getting there. We're, we're we're hitting that last turn, and we got eight more, eight more bad. It seems boys. like such a good idea on October first, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> the, the the first year I did this, like it was, I think around like the fifteenth. I was like, man, I'm so sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, like watch a movie and review it, but then Katie popped in around like the fourth one, third, fourth, third, or fourth for, like, one. Like the second film. 
How oh, dare you? You were sleeping one of them. And then you woke up. <laughs> I saw two with you. Day two. Well, Gremlins, you were like laying down I've sleep. I've seen Gremlins 85 times. I don't need to watch that movie again. Anyway, we've been doing this for a while. I'm very excited. So I didn't realize, but tonight it's a pretty cool collection of ladies I have. So I have the women from the Spooky Movie Squad. Yep. You. And the, the women from Real Lit. So uh, two of our shows on this network. And then, like I said before, I'm very excited. I have another guest on here from another podcast that I absolutely love. Uh-huh. I just listened to your episode about Prey, and I can't uh-huh. wait to uh, review that myself. I was like, it, it was really good stuff. It was so, so good. So, yeah, movie is great. <laughs> uh, Rachel, uh, tell everybody out there about your podcast and what you do and why are you so awesome? <laughs> oh, well, thank you very much. I- I'm going to come on here all the time if this is <laughs> the setup. And then this is like love bombing after the setup. I see how it works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I am one of the hosts on the Zombie Girls Podcast Network. And we have a, a handful of shows um, all really touching on the horror genre from different perspectives. So like we have the Stream Queens, which is what you were t- referring to, where we review stream or films that you can watch on the internet. So like Netflix, Shutter, those, all the streaming services. When we started it, there were not as many. <laughs> now there are lots more um and then there's more deadly which is our podcast that exclusively focuses on horror films that are directed by women identified directors um and then the original show which we started back like 15 years ago zombie girls is just a group of my girlfriends and i and we kind of talk about horror through the feminist perspective and there's a couple of other kind of like on and off shows on there that we have a lot of fun with um but yeah, it's it's like pretty like left leaning progressive um, discussions of horror, and then also a little bit of drinking and a little bit of shit talking. <laughs> sounds it's right like up our alley. Is it a podcast? <laughs> if there's not any of that, because I feel like I mean, I, that's a prerequisite for our podcast. Yeah, I mean, if you ask me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so you're telling me just zombie girls is just a bunch of women getting around, sitting around being mad about horror films because i mean horror film from a feminist perspective is um right rough a lot yep i mean it's so bad it is and it isn't like it is like when you make me watch like a halloween kills you're gonna get fire um but one of the great things especially with more deadly is that so many women are directing films now that Mm -hmm. and are subvert like that's something i think we'll talk a lot about in this episode tonight because karen kusama was like absolutely ahead of her time and so there is a lot of like celebrating of the horror genre through the feminist lens because there are so many really interesting filmmakers out there now um it's changed i mean i love horror like even the stuff you know that is maybe not so feminist you know because i grew up with the genre but um but yeah it's 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 more positive than you think um but we definitely have a critical lens some of us more than others i'm not always very i sometimes do a little feminist failing but we have some other ladies that are better at it (laughs) thank you for that hop toward the movie but yes the director it's funny anytime i was looking up some info about this movie jennifer's body a lot of people say that this is a feminist movie and then like the precursor to like extreme like a me too like it was weird. I've seen so many ideas about this movie. I have a seven words of, about this film, and, and it's it's funny watching it the first time. I remember when it came out, and it didn't do as good as I 
thought it would. This movie seems like it's a slam dunk. You know, you have Megan Fox, you have all these funny people in this movie and easy on the eyes. But then I did some research about why it, it didn't do so good. And like what happens all the time, you get the higher ups in the companies and they, you know, they look at a horror movie and they're like, that Megan Fox, she's a, she's a dream boat. Let's, let's aim all the, the energy toward her. Like, well, maybe we should aim it like as a comedy. No, no, she's hot. Let's, let's get all the guys in there. That's all her fans, right? No, maybe she has female fans. Nah, nah, it's all men. Let's, let's aim for that. And movies don't work. We've seen it multiple times. We've seen films that should have made all the money in the world, not get the support, the right support from the higher ups. And this is another film that, I don't know, It I, I think it was aimed at the wrong demographic. Because I remember seeing trailers and it was a whole lot of stuff with Megan Fox and Amanda Amanda Seyfried making out. That was like the cool scene that everybody's like, they're going to make out in it. You got to watch it. Instead of like, she's a fucking succubus. Like, you know, I mean, lean yeah. toward that. So I this, this is an interesting film. So watching it a couple times, I was... Going from there. So if you don't know anything about Jennifer's body, this one's, uh, I, I like the idea. So it's about two friends in high school. And one of them, uh, later on in the movie, we find out what happens to her one night. But through dubious means, uh, she comes back not normal. And so it's it's <laughs> it's funny. It reminds me of like, uh, what, I spit on your grave? That kind of like revenge, like horror revenge. films, yeah. which Mm-hmm. a rough one uh last house on the left kind of revenge but it's like lighthearted in that way so i've seen so many different types of movies when i look at this movie uh it, it's really weird but uh, yeah it, i like this a lot so we'll go around real quick and see how everybody feels just thumbs up thumbs down and like a a light feeling of how you thought about it so katie what do you think about jennifer's body um i guess a thumb up <laughs> This, that was so enthusiastic this movie is cringe <laughs> like, yeah. with a capital c cringe this movie okay um it's it's okay it's not i not my not my thing i have never been a huge fan of megan fox and it didn't change after watching this film so did you watch it when it like like when it first came out no Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. But even if I had, no one was stalking like that in 2009, so I still would have Oh, I beg to differ. I I was like the peak demographic for this and I was all over it. Like I have never met anyone in my life who have used the word salty to describe someone who is hot. <laughs> never yeah. in my life salty or a salty bitch okay yeah like you have more a more feisty than hot i've what the fuck also crispy what who what what are these words those don't mean what you think they mean oh but stop they- trying to make fetch a thing but diablo cody does make fetch a thing that's her whole exactly. thing mess so it's it's just an okay for me uh <laughs> rachel I wish I had more thumbs so that I could put them all up. <laughs> <laughs> I 
love this movie. And part of why I wanted to do it, and I, I suggested it, is because it is one of my all-time favorites. Like, I totally get it's not for everyone. Diablo Cody has a very specific writing style. I mean, she's in the same caliber as, like, a Kevin Smith, right? Not, I would argue that she's better than Kevin Smith. I mean, she also has an Academy Award, but we won't go there. Um, but in that, <laughs> she creates very stylized word, like uh, worlds, and through some of that is is with dialogue. And I also think she's kind of speaking to... I mean, I remember when I was a teenage girl, I absolutely had my own language. I said the stupidest stuff that I, like... But, some of it has remained and occasionally it'll come out and people look at me kind of sideways, but it was like the dialogue that I created with my girlfriends. Like we had all kinds of goofy stuff. So like, even though some of it, like your lime green jello is a little corny. Like it, I do think there's a truth about girlhood in that, that I think um, Diablo Cody really gets at really well in this. Um, so I'll stop because I could keep going. But for me, this thing, I saw it in the theater when it, when it, um, originally was in theaters and have been a, a diehard fan of it ever since. And I watched it again today and I was like, there's some dialogue that maybe is um, not so much crispy, but like, you know, Absolutely. some of the language has, has, has become a little dated. Uh, we'll say um, strongly, but I still really love this movie. Yeah. Yep. Thumbs up for me. Sam. Uh, correct. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need a third thug life shirt. Uh, Yeah, I didn't watch this when it first um, was in the theaters. I watched it because I was not like it's not that I wasn't allowed because I was technically an adult, but like I was still like in that mindset of like, oh, I should wait (laughs) to like come till I can rent it. I guess I don't know what the problem was, but I waited until I could rent it to watch it. But uh, yeah, this was. if you're if we're going to talk about um the type of writing and influences on who I am artistically who I am as a writer uh we're gonna go like straight up Diablo Cody and Meg Cabot top of the list of like you know princess diaries types of of you know pop culture constant like dramatic snarkiness the whole time and Diablo Cody I mean the the wit is just there is zero point in this movie where wit is not a part of what's happening in the script and yes that can be very exhausting which is one of Diablo Cody's like huge criticisms absolutely uh that I I do agree with at times but especially for when it came out like that I was like oh I want to be that like I want to write shit like this I like everything coming out of these kids mouths I wish I had written it myself that kind of like the the writing by Diablo Cody in particular is just so um even even the weirdness of the 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 choices like yeah the because of the fact that it's so unique that that's what we were striving for like and it I think it does capture something about teenageness that all teenagers are striving to be unique. So they're always trying to like, think of that one phrase that is going to be fetch. And that's why fetch is such a, is such a funny joke to make as well, because fetch in and of itself is, is a parody of that joke of like, yeah, all teenage, especially teenage girls are trying just so hard to be like, I can make fetch happen. If I make fetch happen, I've made it. <laughs> right. Um, and Diablo Cody for me just makes fetch happen every time. So. Yeah. Love it. Love it. 
I also am going to give this a thumbs up, but in the most, like Katie said, cringeworthy, but also hilarious way. When I first watched this movie, I was still very, um, well, I was 19 when it came out. So I was very much still absolutely no to horror movies. Like they were a hard pass for me. And the second I saw Megan Fox covered in blood, I was like, either this is going to be really hot or I'm going to be extremely creeped out. And I was a touch of both. I was like, whoo, I had, I, I just, Megan Fox was delicious there for a hot second. So gonna have to say I'd hit it, but that's fine. Um, you know, everybody on this uh, podcast knows that. And that's, 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 yeah. That one was a, that was a given. But when I watched this movie, I was still very not into horror films and I loved it. Because it wasn't horror-ish. It just was like, oh, we're going to find this virgin in a town. And ta-da. And here's some shit. And then some more shit. And then, oh, look, blood. Yeah. No, it wasn't horror-ish for me, but I loved it. So it, it it's funny to me. Uh, every time when I check out a movie, when I really want to like understand a movie, I sound so pompous when I'm saying it like that. But I'm not trying to sound like a douchebag. But... <laughs> Watching this movie again and actually looking at how things go, uh, there's a term called the male gaze. And so in a lot of movies, especially back in the day, women were just depicted as the hot thing in the corner. And then they would be either a step for the hero, the guy to move forward, to win or be an object or something. But they were just the hot thing in the corner. Think of like James Bond. And there was always the one like slutty lady at first and then maybe they were bad or they were good and then you meet the nice girl in it so this movie is like the reverse of that and when we meet up with jennifer and needy they're like the protagonist antagonist kind of the final girls like all the archetypes 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 of horror they're all mushed together and instead of airhead women dying and running off and being half naked we get that with the dudes i've never seen a movie it's one of my seven words but fuck it i've never seen a movie with so many dumb horny dudes that get murdered (laughs) like i what it's so good spoilers i don't think a woman dies in this movie Mm -hmm. well one of them does is another example of people where it's just a bunch of horny dudes dying (laughs) like oh man there there are examples and i'd fight you on the male gaze here because there's no reason for megan fox to look be dressed the way she was and like particularly the shot when they kiss there's like an extended moment that is focusing on their tongues like intertwining like (laughs) wait wait are we complaining (laughs) no i'm I'm not gonna lie little little baby pan me was like you i'm saying i'm i mean no i'm saying it's awkward you can't can't say there's not male gaze like or i might I i might interject and say or lesbian gaze yes I mean, I, I know I, I was both think- lesbian and gay for this, so it's fine. <laughs> i.e. i.e. watching a lot of young horny dudes trying to get the hot chick 
die and instead the chick is obsessed with another hot chick i'll take it i i also think that there's a certain like interrogation around female sexuality that's happening in the depiction of megan fox like the trope that's being busted um to some degree with her is this idea of uh sexuality and punishment being linked like you go back to like slashers it's the virgin that survives and sexuality is seen as like a permission structure for violence against women and so here it's kind of interesting to see how her sexuality is weaponized yeah. Um, and that oh no, you guys are laughing at me. <laughs> no, no, uh, no, oh, we're no. cheersing. No, you, we're you, cheersing. We're laughing That's because 100%. this is the most intellectual this show has ever gotten. I think, oh, <laughs> and we love it. Yeah, you, you you beat me to it. I was I was gonna say usually sex in women that that's like kryptonite. That's how you die. You know, in Scream, they, they had Sydney have sex, and then like now you can die. In this yeah. movie, sex is it pumps her up it's like fucking her spinach if she was popeye and i think that's just so backwardly awesome i mean she literally survives the ritual with low shoulder because she's not a virgin if she was a virgin she would have died but her like being a sexual being and having engaged in sexual activity is actually a shield that i mean protects her to some degree i i think it's it's good then when we talk about like feminist horror, like exploring different ways and interrogating the way we see women as sexual objects is always like a an interesting part of that. And I think it's one of the things I like about this movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, it's subjective, right? Like if you don't like it, that's totally a valid opinion. It's just for me, it it works. No, I got you. No, that that's kind of what I was going for. Uh, but no, this, this movie's a thumbs up. Like I said, I enjoy the horror movies that have some type of mix to them uh like uh cabin in the woods that's such a crazy movie that 45 minutes in it just takes this hard left turn and it's completely different from everything that we've you know dealt with i this one's crazy and it's funny every time i watched it i just kind of got a little bit more from it i i it's a fun one it's a fun one i didn't watch it in the theaters it was i want to say a year or two later when i caught it and I, I liked it. And even now, it, and it's funny, a lot of people say like it came like a cult classic and then now people are talking about it. And it, it's just, I don't know, I, like, one of my seven words, I'll, I'll get back to it, but <laughs> one of my seven words. So uh, one question I have for all of you ladies, and it's uh, kind of a question situation that Rachel does on her podcast. So oh no. <laughs> in, in the movie, there is a band called Low Shoulder, and it's a terrible name, absolutely horrible name for a band. <laughs> but uh, when we were watching it, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I actually looked at Katie, and I was like, what band in a movie like do you really like? Because there are movies, there are tons of movies that we've watched that has like a band in the corner or a not real band or something like that. And then I was like, that's a damn good question. I'm going to bring that up to everybody. So, uh, Rachel. What are some bands, real or not real, fictional, in movies that are some of your favorite bands? Okay. Well, actually, I think it's kind of a little bit of a mix of them. And um, I don't know if you guys, let me know if you guys have seen these movies. Um, have you seen the film Uncle Peckerhead? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's it's a very fun, super gory horror comedy, like indie horror comedy that came out like maybe two years ago about a traveling band 
who picks up a roadie who is, happens to be a demon and can't stop eating people. It's very good, but it's like based on, uh, there's a real band called Duh, that they're, they're the traveling band. It has turned into an actual band. And it's like a really fun sort of punk band. Um, I would definitely recommend checking out Duh from Uncle Peckerhead. And the movie itself is actually really fun. Um, and I feel like nobody talks about it. Uh, the other one is, have you guys seen Hellbender? It came out this year on Shudder. It's by the Adams family. No. Okay. So there's this family, the Adamses, and they make films together. It's a father and and uh, mother and father, and then their two daughters, and they write, direct, edit everything, the, the films. Jeez. And their new film came out this year, earlier this year, called uh, Hellbender, and it's fantastic. And um, the mother and daughter in it, are in a band called Hellbender, but all the E's are sixes. And they've actually also turned that into a band and have put out some really amazing music. So those two things, I would recommend both of those films and both of those bands. And then the one from childhood that I loved and I would like, I love especially the spoken word part because I was a very spooky, dramatic kid. Shocker, I know. Um, <laughs> was Sacrifix from The Gate. Do you guys yes. remember that movie? The Gate? Yes! Okay, you remember it. Like when they go into the full black mass, I was like, let me get out some grape juice and swirl it around in a wine glass. <laughs> the gate's fucking awesome. Oh. It's a great movie. So those are my picks. <laughs> uh, Sam. So you were like, in your question, when you send it to me, you were like, real or fake band? And I was like, we're not gonna, I'm not even gonna, there's too many music biopics that are happening right now. And yes, I said biopics because that's how you should fucking say it. And if anyone wants to get angry at me for it, come the fuck at me. The word is biopic. Fucking I agree. Biopic. Anyway, there's too many like, th- like I, because if, if I allowed myself to include that, that genre that's currently coming out, well, then obviously the answer is the real, like, bohemian rhapsody coming out it, like obviously and we're talking about queen or we're talking about elton john or whatever so i like purposefully did not allow myself to to consider those so <laughs> excluding those josie and the pussycats oh that was on my list uh du jour. That's a good one uh, rachel lee awesome cook too. is straight fire in that movie. <laughs> and rosario dawson i was like, like i'm, I'm sorry are we gonna act like rosario dawson's not in the room <laughs> poor tara nobody's taking up for tara <laughs> her boobs are large and in charge the entire time i mean come on yes please <laughs> uh emma okay so yeah i didn't even consider horror movie bands because i was like nah all I could think of was Marvin Berry and the Starlighters from Back to the Future. And, oh my God! Uh, um, <laughs> Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem from the fucking Muppets because there you go. that's absolute gold. Also fantastic. So, yes. <laughs> but I was like, oh shit, what's that group called? What's that group called? And I sat there and I looked and I looked and I looked and I looked and I was like, I'm going to fucking Google it. So Okay, Katie? Uh, okay, I have a lot um, because all I do is watch movies, guys. That's literally <laughs> my job. Um, and movies that have music in them are my shit. Like, just that's the thing. So uh, top of the list, probably best band in a movie ever is the band School of Rock from the movie School of Rock. <laughs> like... <laughs> 
Teacher's Pet is a fantastic song, and Jack Black oh, and all them little kids crushed it. <laughs> They're so good. Um, and then Hedwig and the Angry Inch from the movie Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Just freaking great. Pink Slip from the movie Freaky Friday <laughs> with Lindsay Lohan. I forgot that was the name oh, of the band. Oh, shit. I forgot there was a band in that movie. It's been a long time. Yeah, they are freaking great. I love them so much. And then both real bands, Letters to Cleo and Save Ferris from 10 Things I Hate About You. The real band, though not actually them in the movie, Lustra from Eurotrip, who sings Scotty Doesn't Know. Like, that's a fucking bop. Yeah. <laughs> and then my last one is the band from The Wedding Singer, because <laughs> I heard Love Stinks on the radio today by the Jay Giles band, and all I could picture in my head was Adam Sandler Adam just Sandler. scream singing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I just laughed the whole time. And it was, I love that band so much. <laughs> Especially when the keyboard guy sings, do you really want to hurt me? Like 10 times on loop. Yeah, he's trying to buy him time. <laughs> he's trying to buy him time. And it was the only song he knows. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> it's so, so good. Uh, I was trying to think of horror ones. And a recent movie that I showed Katie and she uh, considered it a movie when we watched it. But Idle Hands and Offspring was, they were in it. And oh, what Derek, right? Derek Holland? Yeah. He got his like scalp oh, ripped. Dexter. Dexter Holland. He got his scalp ripped off by evil demonic hand. And I yes, was like, I forgot they were in this movie. Mm-hmm. So that always made me smile. But the other horror movie that I thought of and the band I absolutely love is Tito and Tarantula. And that's from From Dust Till Dawn. And so inside yeah. of the strip club, when they're playing music. Uh, when Selma Hayek puts her foot into Quentin Tarantino's mouth for 20 minutes. That's, that's the band playing in the back. And then, you know, when the veil comes off and they're all vampires, they're just playing dead bodies, just giggling. And then they, <laughs> uh, like, I don't get why they exploded, but, eh, you know. Uh, <laughs> but some other ones that I had, uh, Sex Bomb from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Oh, hell yes. They, they say that they suck. But they're actually pretty they good. They do not suck at all. They're so good. <laughs> what in the world is happening? Yeah. In- I'd hit a sex bomb concert so fast. Yeah. Yep. In, uh, in Everyone the- were sex bomb. Yeah. We're- in the old comics, they actually had <laughs> frets and like chords on the pages. So you could play the songs as they did. I think Ramona, the song Ramona had like three chords to it. And Ramona was like, this is not a good song. And I'm like, it is a good song, Ramona. I mean, Driss could play it on the ukulele. Oh, she for sure could now, but yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure she could have done it back when we were like 19 or whatever, too. Yeah. yeah. The Oneaters from That Thing You Do, or The Wonders, uh, I think that song is absolutely amazing, and it's way better sped up, so, you know, fuck, fuck the guitar player. Uh, and a special place in my heart, it's from the updated version of uh, Return of the Jedi, and it's in Jabba's palace, and it's, I can't remember the name of the alien, but it's it's got a long nose, kind of like a tiny baby elephant kind of situation. The alien yeah. from Men in Black, from yes. the Men in Black song music video. And it's, the song is called Jedi Rocks, and I advise yeah. everyone to go check it out on YouTube. It is a damn good song. Katie's over here. Don't look at her. The song is good. <laughs> <laughs> Zero. And then uh, my last one is actually a real real band 
it's the five six seven eights from the first kill bill movie and quentin tarantino was in like right. the airport and he like hears them he's like i need that band in my movie so that they can put their feet in my mouth right no <laughs> no no, <laughs> no. We're in the movie they Absolutely. were highlighted in the film yes but it, yeah it, it's an amazing of band of course they were I love when all the killing happens. They you don't see them run away. They just kind of disappear. They're like, oh no, mm-hmm. <laughs> they fade into the darkness. So um, that's a really I I like that uh, the whole question thing, Rachel. I really like that. That's really cool. Topical hey. questions for the win. So uh, we're gonna get into this movie and talk about it, and then we'll <laughs> go over our favorite and least favorite characters and all that stuff. So the movie it starts out uh, horror movies start one of maybe three different ways. Either you get like a murder at the beginning and you don't know who it is and it's just like a no-name person or a naked lady in the pond or something. Or you get a, we're at the end of the movie and then let's reverse back and let's go back a little bit and see what happened. I don't know what the third way is. I just thought about that and I guess you start at the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) Crap, I said three ways. Crap. Yeah, right. I should have just said two and been like, oh, there's another one. So we meet up with Needy is her name. Uh, fun fact, it's funny. The director was trying to work out like a name for her and she was didn't want to come up with a needy character, but then it just kind of stuck. And I, I don't think it's like her character is needy, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But Needy is in a mental institution and we don't really fully know why at the beginning but uh, she is a dangerous, dangerous lady. She doesn't look like it, uh, but she's a kicker. And she kicks the shit out of people. They go really far. <laughs> <laughs> and lose teeth when they get kicked in the chest. I was like, how did your tooth come out? But uh, she has a flashback. And she lives in a small town of Devil's Kettle. If you ask the right person, it's what, Devil's Lake? Is that what he said? The, the band keeps getting it wrong and calling it Devil's Lake. Yeah, yeah Devil's Lake. <laughs> but it's Devil's Kettle, Minnesota. So since childhood, Needy has been friends with Jennifer Check. Uh, her last name is because legit, they were checking off things in the movie and legit, they had Check down and they never really changed it. So they just said, fuck it. So that's why her <laughs> last name is Check. But she's friends with the really, really like hot and beautiful color guard member at first i thought it was a cheerleader but no she's in the color guard she's swinging a flag step one where this movie does not make a lick of sense <laughs> nobody that hot is in the color guard emma oh. can attest not a single person that is 100 percent sure i have I... seen very beautiful color guard members i have i, I have seen beautiful like color guard girls not megan fox hot but uh-uh no uh-uh no, no, all no, I'm no, gonna no. Say, all I'm going to say is lots of very popular girls in my high school graduating class were color guard members. That's How all. big was your high school? Pretty big. I mean, not like, I mean, it was in Merced, so I'm, we're, we're not talking about like huge things, but I think my graduating class was nearly a thousand, so. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're talking tiny school, I get it, but yeah. I had some pretty No, nah, it just... <laughs> that look like Megan Fox? Oh, I've, I've never seen a Megan Fox style girl in the I color mean, guard. I've been around color guards my whole life and have never seen a girl that looked like that. Well, I mean, I think I guess... it's maybe not a common pick, but you have to think this is around the time that uh like the the high school counselor um 
setting students up for applying to college type things. So even though even though you should pick whatever you want to do, what we're really going to do is we're going to tell you some of the specific things that you should pick because those types of things are going to look good on your applications. And so I think like that is kind of the era where, sorry, the educator came out really quickly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I think this is probably around the time, if I'm not mistaken, where the standards happening in high school, particularly around um, like Common Core and things like that. But it's also a time where um, high school counselors are starting to really not just be like, only for the people who are really smart, are we going to like push them towards the AP classes and push them towards electives. It was this large push of like everyone let's put you in X and let's put you in Y or Z, or here's a smattering of electives that are going to look good on your college applications. No, no, don't tell me that you don't know what college you're going to, because I don't care about that. The point is, is we're going to put you in the thing, right? Maybe this is a product of like, she had to do something and Diablo Cody didn't want her to be a cheerleader. So the next best thing to cheerleader is color guard. (laughs) Sure. I guess. I'm cool with it. (laughs) So even from the beginning, the relationship between Needy and Jennifer, uh, people are already saying something like, oh, you guys are, 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 what was it, lesbigay? Yeah. For each other? Lesbigay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And what, Chastity, I believe is her name. And it's like, no, we're just best (laughs) friends. So even from the beginning, that's already getting, being put into your head. It's just a really good relationship until later when I start choosing. But so that <laughs> night, Jennifer, she wants Needy to go with her to this dive bar. I don't even know if you call it really a... No, it's a dive bar. They say it's a what a club, but it's not really a yeah. club. Mm-hmm. It's like the lowest of low clubs. But they want... Well, Jennifer wants to see this band called Low Shoulder, this indie rock band from the city, and they're awesome, and they're, what, the lead singer is Salty, and there might be some other Salty treats there <laughs> for Needy. So she needs her to dress sexy. So they get ready for the night <laughs> and they actually get to the bar and we see a couple of famous people. I forgot to even go over the, the cast, but we got a, a young Star Lord in this bad boy and he's in the he's almost a cop. A couple more months and then he'll he'll be out there. Uh, we got J.K. Simmons as a teacher and he lost his hand, I assume, and in the war. Work? Yeah. And they never explain what happened to yeah. him. I, I assume some type of battle he lost those things in. Uh, Amy Sedaris, she's the mom in this movie. She's absolutely one of the funniest people in the world. Uh, strangest, not in this movie. Yeah, she was serious in this. But Strangers with Candy, a very, very funny show on Cartoon Network. Not Cartoon Network, Comedy Central, another CNC. Um, <laughs> Kyle Gallner, I remember him from a couple of things, but I remember he was in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. He was supposed to be like, the Johnny Depp yeah. character, Glenn, kind of. I um, remember him as Bart from Smallville. He yes. was, yep. He was the Flash. And one of the kids' dad, that the child looks like lasagna with teeth. No, not that one. Another kid gets ripped apart. His name is Bill. What Fagerback? Fate, yeah, something like that. Fagerba- Fagerbach. It's the voice of Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. Yep. What? It's also from the show Coach. And he was Marshall's dad in How I Met Your Mother. Yes. Uh, there's a deleted scene about what he's going to do when he finds the killer. And it was about balls 
and doorknobs or uh, bell knockers and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna and I wish rip, they left I'm it gonna in. rip off your balls and make them look like a the lion's head door knocker. Yeah, <laughs> some and, bullshit like that. And he's yelling Yikes. this, but it sounds like Patrick's voice 100. percent It's hilarious. It's absolutely <laughs> amazing. And I wish they left it in because it was <laughs> fucking beautiful to hear. So at the dive bar, they meet up with low sh- low shoulder. Hey, that guy looks familiar. That's the lead singer. Yeah, it's, it's Adam Brody. I remember him. He was in Shazam, the movie, and he was in not the OC. Yeah, yes, yes the OC. The OC. <laughs> I was like, sir. Hold on. Uh, and yeah. Gilmore Girls. His dad was Sandy Cohen, the best TV dad that ever existed. He wasn't. Yup. <laughs> dare you? Fuck, he wasn't. He was also really good in Ready or Not. I don't know if you guys watched yeah. that yet. Yes. Yeah. That's a fun ass movie. We're gonna put that's on the list at some point because yeah, man, Miss McMurray's in it. Oh, oh see, man. look, very obvious. This little tidbit of information, like, come on. Oh yeah, because Chad Michael Murray. No, not that. Pete Wentz and Joel Madden were supposed to be in the band, but didn't end up happening. Yeah, they're actually supposed to play him, but it yeah, that makes out. a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Would have fit better. Yeah. Someone who could actually sing. Yeah. It was an actual real band that did the vocals and stuff like that. Yeah, I know so, the guy Dirk in the back, part of the band. He was the vocalist. Dirk. So, <laughs> Jennifer, <Dirt>. so Jennifer <laughs> she meets with Nikolai, and they're talking, and Jennifer's flirting pretty dang good with him. And we we hear a little bit of talking with Nikolai and some of the members in the band, and they're talking about like, oh, is she a virgin? Like, oh yeah, you can see it. Like, yeah. She's out here showing it off, but nah, she's a virgin. And Needy hears this and like, that's my friend. Like, you don't talk to her about like that and defends her. And then she tells Jennifer like, hey, we we should get out of here. This band, they suck. Like they're they're losers. But Jennifer is very enamored with the singer because he's super salty. So as they are playing their (laughs) song on stage, (laughs) um, at this point, I have this headcanon that just they're not good people and i assume they tried to do dubious things before this so like they're just cursed and that's why the fire started it just happens out of nowhere and nikolai looks at the fire and he's like oh that's a fire and doesn't react the right way to a fire in a in a tiny bar he really doesn't but the bar catches on fire instantly because it's alcohol and dry and probably not clean and (laughs) everybody starts to escape multiple people are on completely engulfed in fire i was like sweet jesus that man's dead and so needy and jennifer they crawl out of the restroom and they get outside jennifer i mean reasonably she is very shell-shocked from the situation she saw people on fire and she escaped death and so she is just kind of frozen in fear outside and then we see nikolai and the tour bus or the tour van and he's like hey you, you look kind of shaken up girl you should hop in our van it's safe there nope and needy's like no i got 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 the, the sebring over there we're just gonna skedaddle and he's like no 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 take take a drink get, drink all that hop in the van with us friends don't let friends get in chester vans yeah I, hard yes yeah yeah I, I, I was real quick because i didn't think about this because i didn't know about it until like years years later when i truly embraced being a spooky bitch um and like listening to like <laughs> true crime stuff but uh diablo cody making the fire happen like that pretty um 
interesting choice. I'm assuming that she's um hearkening to the station um like the station club night um what is it the station nightclub fire that happened in 2003 which was fucking serious it happened when a band played in the nightclub they had packed the club too too much the pyrotechnics had not been cleared ahead of time and their um insulation was just like like spray drywall that was highly flammable and the club went down almost instantly from the first pyrotechnic thing that happened and I, it like killed like 200 people or something yeah. like and it's all caught on video because somebody was videotaping it so did not think about that until when I was older and like like heard about it I was like and then I rewatched Jennifer's body for something else just probably just because I wanted to and I was like oh shit <laughs> yeah from the headlines (laughs) yeah because it's it's pretty now that i'm thinking about it now it's pretty reminiscent of of the actual event yeah and this bar it it goes up pretty damn quick so unfortunately jennifer kind of shell-shocked still wanting to hang out with nikolai she leaves with the band in the van and just the smile he gives needy as Jennifer's heading out with them, I was like, uh, you're such a grimy man. Uh, I know you're grimy. So we'll meet up with what happened to Jennifer later. But later that night, Needy hears like, well, the, there's what the doorbell, the, someone knocks on her door late at night. So she heads down and looks around and she does the horror movie thing of go all the way outside and look door wide open behind you like i don't see anything you know they could have snuck in behind you but what do i know and she heads back in and then she sees jennifer she's covered in blood (laughs) and she opens up the fridge and eats a rotisserie chicken i have done this i wasn't covered in blood but i've eaten a rotisserie chicken late at night like that straight out of the box yeah just (laughs) with the plastic just like oh god my mom got that from boston market i don't think we're supposed to be eating it (laughs) And just like the vampires and what we do in the shadows, if you eat any type of food, you projectile vomit. (laughs) And Jennifer just sprays out black fluid. And she seems like she's going to bite Needy, but then she stops and then leaves. And the, the next day at school, Jennifer, she looks absolutely fine. She looks better than fine. She looks pretty cool. And dismisses everything that needy talks about she's like you were really fucked up last night like oh no you just you make everything sound worse than it was i was all right and she shows her her nails and she just ignores it but her nails it still had the black fluid she was cleaning all night but she just kind of ignores it she's like meh so after this the band low shoulder they're starting to get more and more popular because apparently they were heroes that night and saved all these people from the fire. Sweet, sweet Jesus. The whole school <laughs> is very depressed because this fire, they lost a couple of students were in there. The foreign exchange student was there. And in one of the football players, he was caught in the fire. So everyone's <laughs> sad. And the football captain, he is just standing on the field. It just really, really sad. And this like metal songs playing extra hard. And I thought he would have like earphones in, you know, but he did. He was just sitting there. Jennifer just appears next to him. And it, it's funny. She says that, you know, my heart's broken. And I oh, know your heart's broken too. We should 
we should talk about this and we should go into those secluded woods over there and really work our feelings out together and he's like okie dokie and (laughs) (laughs) goes into the woods all the woodland creatures just kind of get closer and watch what's about to happen and we see that sweet baby jesus jennifer ate this man she her mouth opened up and she just destroyed this guy so jk simmons character he's a teacher he hears yelling and he's like oh yeah let it all out let it all out children like the yelling and (laughs) sadness but no he starts walking over and he finds the football captain his chest is just slit wide open and a deer is just eating it and he freaks out and the cops get there and so you know there's a murder the murder of foot and around this time we see jennifer she looks absolutely stunning at this point she feels great and she's happy hopping around but then a little bit of time goes by after that murder and she looks sick again and she looks very just meh and so obviously a little bit later we'll ex- they'll find out what she is but obviously she's feeding off the blood of these these men so she actually accepts a date with the emo kid in school or the leader of the emo children uh colin and she actually tells him like hey i'll text you my address and you will come over and we'll go like that so while this is happening needy and her boyfriend chip hey it's it's young neil from scott pilgrim i was like he looks familiar it's young neil so uh they are proceeding to have sex and he got some condoms from the store. So he's he's ready from to Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> Super Target. Yeah. <laughs> that was it. Super Target. So he's ready to go. Around this time, I I'm curious if it's just their their closeness, their friendship, or is there more to it? But Needy can sense when Jennifer is doing something. Like, Have they shown the flashback yet of them in the sandbox? That pops up around this this time. So they okay, are because that's what I feel like it is, honestly, is in that sandbox when she pricks her hand and then Needy like licks her blood. Yeah, they have like a weird blood connection, which is yeah and gross. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm cool with that. So Needy, she can actually see visions. And so while she's having sex with I'm about to call him young Neil, Colin. No, Chip. Something between C's in this movie. So Chip, she sees the dead football captain sitting on a like chair watching her have sex. And then she sees Jennifer. Oh, <laughs> she sees Jennifer just kind of hunched up on the side of the chair and she's freaking out. Uh, Chip thinks he's doing a real good job with the sexy sex because she's making all types of sounds and stuff. <laughs> the look on his face is like, I'm doing a pretty good job. I'm doing so good. All right. Maybe the worst, like, if we're going to talk cringe in this movie, the sex scene is maybe the part <laughs> that I hate the most. Yeah. Not because it's done bad, because I actually think it's done very well and very realistically. And it's just like, I don't want to be watching this yep. right now. I really don't. Yeah, it, it's so. Like, it's too good. You real guys, looking. Yeah. You guys did it too well, and I'm yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you got my stomach hurting because this is real. <laughs> so, I, I kind of love all that. Like when he when she's like freaking out, he's like, am I, am I 
too big. <laughs> when he fucking asked if his dick was too big, I laughed I so goddamn he hard. Smiling. <laughs> he like, did start smiling. He's, he's like, big. wait, tell me yes. Say yeah. yes. I I turned to Otis and was like, if that isn't high school boy hubris right there, like yes, every fucking high school boy I know needed their ego stroked a little bit to, you know, oh, your dick is so big. Like, okay, nobody thinks that. Like, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, vaginas were made to stretch out to fit a baby out. Like, your dick ain't doing shit. <laughs> oh. Ooh. <laughs> Still, I I don't know. I kind of appreciate it because, like, like I said, I think at the very beginning, Otis talked about how the marketing of this was bad, and I do think the original intention was this was meant for young women, and like that is speaking to an experience that I think a lot of young gals can yes, appreciate for sure. And I think it works in juxtaposition with the the scene that follows, which you're about to get into with Jennifer and the different ways that she expressed desire and like the how much more into one side of that she is than the other speaks to that dynamic in a way I think is really interesting. It's also very funny. Yes. Very funny uh-huh. scene. <laughs> so uh, Emo Colin, as he's driving down the street, uh, he had the whole uh, tape set up to play your iPhone? I remember having to do that back in the day. I had that in my car until like, for real, like 2015. Yep. Like, yep. I had that for way too long because I had a car Same. with a tape deck. Yep. That's that's the way we were living. But and Colin's driving to meet Jennifer and hopefully he'll strike it. He'll strike lucky. Uh, good luck, Colin. So, first red flag, but, you know, when vagina's on the line, you, you start to ignore things. So, He's climbing into a side window into a building that looks dilapidated, you know, but he's like, you know, Jennifer's on the other side of all this creepy shit. Uh, yeah, I'm not climbing in creepy houses for sex, but uh-uh. you know, we can go somewhere else, you know, go to a ball pit or behind the store. You know, why do we have to go into a dilapidated house? But ball pit, that sounds like a recipe for tetanus. Yeah, right. You just start sinking. Oh, God, help. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how you get a super disease. In a ball pit. That's how you get Giardia. Like, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jennifer tells Colin, it just it's funny when she has the guy trapped and there's no real way for them to escape. Her puns get more and more hilarious, and just the way she talks to them, it makes them feel like I don't know. I, I feel that they can feel that they're in trouble, but then they're still like, man, she's she's pretty hot. Like I think I think I can still make it through this, and she's like, "No, I'm going to eat you." And they're like, "Is that a, is that a new sex move or something?" Like, no, you continuing like the male hubris like problem here of you're just so attractive. I just want to fuck you so bad that I I will prevail. It doesn't matter what red flags are happening. It doesn't matter what like signals you're sending. Don't worry, my dick will come out on top in the end. Like, and it's like, no, dude. Yeah, it, it's such a good gender flip on the dynamic of this relationship. Usually, like, anytime you see, like, a, a man and a woman going into a remote space, whether it's the woods or a dilapidated house, all those kinds of things for, like, sex, 
you are usually like, oh no, she's in danger. This is so obvious. Red flag, red flag. But you know, they're teenagers, so teenagers do stupid shit. But like, that is what we are conditioned as horror fans to see in that scene. So to know that she is going to go, he's going to go in there and she's going to consume his body, that she is going to, you know, take ownership of his body in that way is just a reversal on the trope that we're so accustomed to. And it's, it's like lots of ways that this movie was incredibly ahead of its time in the way that it's like exploring gender politics yeah so she she tells colin that she needs him afraid and you know he she needs him terrified he probably tastes better so it's kind of like you know pennywise meat tastes better when they're scared so (laughs) and she tears him apart and so this is tying into needy having sex terrified not really having sex anymore really uh and it's a really good, you know, juxt- juxtaposition. And so Needy's like, I gotta go. She runs off, and I guess Chip's like, all right, four minutes. Rocked her world. All right. And he's probably sits back in his <laughs> head, head, hands behind his head. And as Needy's <sighs> driving to Jennifer, I suppose, I guess she knew where she was or she was driving in the vicinity. She catches Jennifer come out of the woods, walking on all fours, and then kind of starts walking like a people again, and swerves and misses her. And then Jennifer, like, lands on the windshield, and she's, like, you know, smiling at her, like, hey, how's it going? And Needy, like, reverses and scoots off for home, I guess. And then Jennifer just keeps on walking. So they have these weird meetings where they just kind of just walk away from each other, like, ah, see you tomorrow. We'll we'll talk about that later. (laughs) So... Needy gets home and it was a crazy night. Maybe she can get some well-deserved sleep. Oh, sweet Jesus. Jennifer's in my bed. And so... (laughs) (laughs) A problem, I would argue, maybe every single person at this point in time in 2009 would have wanted. (laughs) Not a problem. 10 out of 10 experience excitement. Yes. So not me. So at this point, Jennifer, uh, the, the the flirting and the just the way they talk to each other, it's been ramping up little by little. And at this point, they go in for a kiss and it's one sided at first. But then Needy starts getting into it and they start laying down and they're really kissing. And then Needy just she just snaps out. She's like, what the fuck is happening? And she like hops off and she's so confused about life right now. Gotta have that cruel intentions moment. Yeah. You know, her best friend is constantly covered in blood, eating and killing people. And she's like, and I'm making out with you. It's just my life. I'm just so confused about things right now. And Jennifer, she wants to stay over. She's like, well, you know, we used to have sleepovers and we sleep in the same bed before. Like, oh, why? Everything's weird now. And so Jennifer explains what happened that night. So low shoulder in the van, the douchebags. They start driving toward the woods, and it, it's it's a sad scene from the point of view of Jennifer because she's sitting there. And she's like, "Cool, I'm hanging out with that band I wanted to," and then just after a couple of seconds, she it starts to hit her. She's like, "Man, I'm by myself with these guys in this van, and I don't know where we're going." And then you can kind of see the tear hit, and then she starts looking around the van, and she sees books about the occult, and she's like, "Are you guys rapists?" And they just stay quiet. Then one of them's like, you know, they start talking about, is she a virgin? And Jennifer's like, no, yeah, yeah, I'm a virgin, 100%. But I don't know what I'm doing. So if you're going to do 
any crazy stuff, you should get somebody that knows what they're doing. Yep. And they just keep on driving. I'm like, oh, that's a rough feeling right there. So they get to at the beginning of the movie, they show this fall and it's actually a real sinkhole situation, water thing in Minnesota somewhere. So they meet up there and they tie down Jennifer and they tell her that she's going to be a sacrifice, a virgin sacrifice to Satan. So they, the band, can get fame and fortune and be rich and stuff. And so just like every other evil person, they're like, I'm going to kill this one pure person and we're going to get all this cool stuff. And Jennifer, she's freaking out, rightfully so. She doesn't want to get stabbed up. And Nikolai, he starts, because he realized her name is Jennifer, and he's like, Jenny. Oh, and he starts doing the lines from the song, Jenny. And the whole band starts singing. They're like, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine, stab. And she gets stabbed up to all hell. So Jennifer, she wakes up later and she's like you know something happened i don't understand it really but i woke up and i'm fine i guess but i was super duper hungry and after leaving needy's house after eating a chicken and then throwing up black liquid she meets the foreign exchange student on her way just walking in the darkness and she asked the foreign exchange student like hey you made it out of the fire like does anybody know where you are and he's like no he's like what about your exchange family and they're like no hey you should come with me into these woods real quick and she eats the foreign exchange student. And so she realizes that's what she has to do. So she tells Needy that, hey, man, this is like some X-Men shit. Like, I, I get cut, I get hurt, and it heals instantly. This is fucking cool. And Needy is absolutely freaking out and tells her, you got to go. And so, <laughs> you know, Jennifer's <laughs> like. sign up for this. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, this is a lot you putting on me. And Jennifer's like, okay, I'll catch you on the flip-flop and just kind of hops out the window. (laughs) (laughs) So around this point, there's a little bit of time that jumps by and they're not really talking to each other. So, you know, trouble in paradise. So Needy goes to the library's occult section, which is an absurd sentence (laughs) to say, I don't think schools should have occult sections. It would be weird if they had a legit one. So she had yeah, I was like, dang, I wish my school had had that. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. You know, I if something not I've always been more, a spooky bitch. All, all schools should have an occult section, absolutely. Just in case. <laughs> you, you, never you never know. know. So Needy finds out that Jennifer, she's a succubus. So I was doing a little bit of reading on succubi. And so the wording is a little bit different, depends on what it is. But the succubi, they drain a man of something out of their body sometimes it's semen legit until they die or you just they just eat them so obviously she's going for the route of just eating their flesh and drinking blood apparently the blood's like it's like kool-aid so and she can only be killed when she's hungry and weak that's the best time to do it so you got to wait till she's looking for the next victim and you gotta stab him in the heart with a knife so very very much vampire-ish you just got to catch him when they're getting ready for the next one. So Chip, like a typical uh, boyfriend in a scary movie, she doesn't, he doesn't really believe Needy about Jennifer. And it's like, hey, my best friend's a sucker. Believe women. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I think you're kind of crazy. I love you, but your friend's not a succubus, you know? 
instead of just like, hey, how about you just stay with me for a day? And then when the wild shit happens, you'll see it. And he's like, no, you're weird right now. So and he's just worried about the 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 dance or the it's not the prom, but the social winter formal formal that's spring formal. Yes. So they break up. Well, Needy breaks up with him to keep him safe. And he is he's he's a bit sad. So he scoots off. Other things that were weird, like he's a high school drummer. I don't know very many straight male drummers who are like, you know, what's really important to me? This dance. Formal. Yeah. <laughs> hey, might be a chance to fair. get even more lucky. A really fair, fair point. I guess. Even more lucky. I guess. <laughs> so uh, around but this. Like, he oh. could have just sat at home with his girlfriend, Amanda Safried, and got lucky the whole night. And yeah. instead he was like, nah, bitch, you're crazy. I'm going to go to this dance. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> we could be banging all night. And instead you're going to go to this possibly dangerous dance yeah what at, the fuck at this point at least three three boys have been snatched up and made to look like lasagna with teeth that is a quote yeah. <laughs> from this movie so around this point everyone's getting ready for the dance in their own way and we meet up with jennifer and she's putting on her makeup and boy howdy she looks rough so she's getting ready to get another kill she needs it because she's looking weak and i like i love needy's dress that she has with the puffy shoulders it's for sure her mom's dress <laughs> yes yeah absolutely yeah it's an, it's someone older dress so Dini looks wild yeah like she looks insane yeah i'm yeah. here for it i i am here for the choice but i'm just gonna say for every sane person out there yeah it's a choice all it's, the hair choices oh, nice. were made so much hair so on his way to the formal you know, the town's not gripped in fear because there's a fucking killer out there targeting boys, but he's still walking by himself outside. Chip meets up with Jennifer and Jennifer, you know, she has a good mindset with these things. And she says, hey, I'm worried about Needy and I know you're worried about her too. So I just want to tell you, you know, Colin, they had a thing going on and they were doing some sexy sex, all the crazy sex moves. So Mm. you know you know it's kind of an issue and she just wants to just kind of tear that little connection they had apart so she can hop in there and eat his ass so jennifer leads chip to an abandoned pool some distance away from the school that's such a weird thing like if someone told me katie was like cheating on me and i'm like man that sucks hey come to this abandoned pool with me real quick i want to talk to you over there i'm like why <laughs> but chip you know after you got a couple of kisses from jennifer he's enamored and it makes sense with succubus succubi it kind of hypnotize you a little bit when yeah. you know when you get the kisses in on them when you get closer to them it kind of messes with you so in the pool uh, we get another vision from needy and she understands that chip is in trouble and so she's running full speed toward the pool and she hears some yelling she dives in and flies into the nasty gross pool and doesn't save chip he still gets a wicked bite on his neck but then she proceeds to try to fight off her friend jennifer good thing they had the pepper spray it won't stop her for half a second but then they go for a pretty good fight and jennifer it's funny they're still friends at this point but she's like why are you such a player hater (laughs) 
the way she talks is so funny. She's like, you're such a player hater, Needy. Like, you're just always in the way. Just let me do this. And Chip stabs Jennifer in the chest with, like, I don't even know what it was. Like a pool skimmer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like the Sharpie end like of a, it. Like a broken pool skimmer. Yes. So after the stab, Jennifer is, I guess, worn out at this point. And she's like, do you got a tampon on you? She's like, it seems like you'd, you'd be plugging up right now. She's like, no. Maybe the best line that's ever yeah. been written. <laughs> it's right. pretty great. It's pretty great. <laughs> Too bad. I thought you might be plugging. <laughs> I have to pause the movie every time because I can't. <laughs> I'm telling you, her the way she talks is hilarious. She says some of the funniest stuff. So Jennifer gets away. She scoots off. And young Neil chip and chip dies finally believing his girlfriend he's like man i really should have believed you earlier i probably wouldn't be dead right now I'm like yeah yeah bud and he says that he he loves her and he was probably dead before but when he heard her voice her beautiful voice he came back to her just to see her one more time i was like that's really sweet and then chip dies i was like fuck he died so we, <laughs> we meet back up with Jennifer in her bedroom watching an infomercial and uh, it's with Tony mm, what's his name it's not Tony Perkins that sounds familiar I think it is Tony Perkins I believe uh, and he's got this oh. cool little exercising machine and he can't touch his glutes can't touch his no, butt it's like Billy something Tony Perkins is the guy from Psycho right <laughs> no uh, that's oh shit I'm all twisted up now. Um, Tony Perkins is the guy from um, Heavyweights, Percocizing. Yes. Sorry. That's uh, Ben Stiller. I'm thinking That's Ben of. Stiller from Heavyweights. That's Percocizing. <laughs> yes. So another person that helps you lose weight. <laughs> so Jennifer is just sitting watching his infomercial, looking through her yearbook, decide on the next person to bite. Not a care in the fucking world. Holy shit. Ninja flies in through her window. It's needy. Needy. And it's funny. She tries to go for like a danger roll after she dives through the window, but she kind of just falls face first. Google says it's Tony Little. <laughs> Tony Little. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> and needy flies in through the window and she goes for the final stab. She's trying to end this shit real quick. No talking, just fists. That's what you do when you're fighting a succubus apparently and they start fighting and needy gets a couple of slices on her chest and then jennifer's like well time to get serious and she starts like floating in her bed kind of like ghostbusters and <laughs> needy's like kind of riding her and then needy finally they're still friends at this point just very mad at each other but needy grabs the bff necklace off of jennifer's neck snatches it off and in that moment, Jennifer, distracted with the moment and finally realizing, like, wow, we're not friends anymore. Like, this, this isn't my best friend, has a lapse in her powers. And she starts falling toward the bed. And Needy comes down with her, like, box cutter stabby thing she got from Home Depot and stabs Jennifer right in her tit. No, her heart. And kills Jennifer. So uh, you can see if you look at the eyes of Jennifer, it goes from the yellow kind of like the cat eye situation back to her normal color. And then 
Jennifer's mom comes in and sees the scene and Needy pulls out the box cutter and is like, oh shit, I have no excuse for this. <laughs> and we meet back up with Needy and she's in the crazy house. We understand now. I like to think that she probably got pinned for all the murders. And so they're like, you killed all of these people. You're crazy. And she, I don't know if you could even fight against that and say like, a friend was a succubus that stopped her. I mean, at uh, this point, she what what she's gone through. Would you even want to like what do you? Yeah, have? yeah. That, I don't think there's any real fighting to that right now. So Needy realizes that if you are in a fight with a succubus or a demon and you get wounded but you don't die, there's a chance you get some of their powers. And Needy starts levitating in her cell and drop kicks away out. And she starts walking in the woods. She hitches a ride with Lance Hendrickson. Uh, the second I heard his voice, I'm like, what is Lance Hendrickson doing in this movie? <laughs> uh, he's been in tons of things. I remember him from the, the Pumpkinhead series. He was like the dad of the evil Pumpkinhead child monster thing. It's like Hatchet, but before Hatchet. Uh, he was Bishop in the Alien movies. So he was awesome and scary in that. Uh, Lance Hendrickson is fucking awesome. So near dark, yeah, so good. Yeah, he gives Needy a ride, and she's like, "Hey, I'm going to this concert for this band. It's gonna be their last performance ever." And Lance Hendrickson's like, "Okay," <laughs> and starts the journey to Low Shoulder. At this point, we get like video scenes of Low Shoulder in the hotel room, and certain bands when they get into a hotel room, they're like nice about situations and stuff. They're the douchebags that like to break things and do drugs and just break stuff. And they're those kind of jerks. A knock at the door draws one of the band members' attention. And then we just hear growling and screams. And then we get some crime photos. So Low Shoulder got all types of murdered one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in, in some of the video, we see Needy with her hood up, but then she does the Oh, I look right at the camera situation. So I'm like, ah, they're not going to catch her. She's got powers. <laughs> so that was Jennifer's body. So Katie, who was your favorite character in Jennifer's body? The soundtrack. That's fair. Honestly, fair. It's a killer soundtrack. Yeah. Aside from hearing that, like, Through the Tree song, like, 85 times, um, the rest of the soundtrack was fucking killer. You know, pop punk is my home. That's where I live. And this was like a perfect, it just captured like 2009 pop punk oh, yeah. right there. It was like the perfect little grab. It was my favorite. Uh, Rachel, favorite character. I could have used more hole on the soundtrack. Kind of weird that Jennifer's body didn't show up on it. But but yeah, the soundtrack is really good. Uh, my favorite characters, I mean, honestly, kind of almost all of them. It's hard for me to pick because I feel like I either love them or love to hate them. Um, maybe Chris Pratt, just because he's Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's in this movie for a fraction of a second. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? Yeah. I mean, are I you lost? I know. I totally, I screenshot it when I was watching. I was like, how did I not remember Chris Pratt was in this? This is so weird. Um, I think like obviously Needy's probably the best character uh, or the one that I feel like most identified with is Mr. Wobolewski, the, the teacher with the book. <laughs> I mean, he's trying his best. He's trying to take care of people's emotional needs. Like, I feel like that's my vibe. 
So the unsung hero has to be Mr. Wobolesky. Yeah. Uh, Emma. I didn't really have... <laughs> I didn't really have a favorite. I just, the movie makes me giggle. So, yeah, I mean, I have nothing substantial. So, Sam. That would be Megan Fox, not Jennifer. Megan Fox. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jennifer, Jennifer as a character is, 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 we could unpack it for days, but I really think that Megan Fox shines in this movie so hard i think that like when you like read up on some of the things that megan fox has gone through allegedly uh um i really think that she was doing like i i love her i think she does really well in this movie i think she kills it i think she kills every single moment that whatever it is that she's trying to do in each moment in this movie she does it perfectly. The part where they're taking her to the sacrifice and she's dying or about to die. She, I mean, it's brutal to watch. She does a really good job of being just gut-wrenching and crying and pleading for her life. Um, and then you juxtapose that with the scenes of her, you know, looking at her belly button or whatever while holding a big lighter to her tongue going, I am a god. And you like, <laughs> come on. You, she just does so well. I appreciated her acting in this movie so much that she, in my opinion, if it had been someone else and not Megan Fox, I don't think this movie would have become a cult classic. I think it would have been a, oh yeah, that was a good movie. You know, like people would remember it fondly, but it would not have the sort of substantial following or substantial where people look back at it and continue to want to like, want to dissect this movie because there's something about it. I think that, at the crux of it, Megan Fox is a huge part of the reason why people can't stop talking about this movie. So, Megan Fox. Which is so ironic, considering she was completely blamed for its failure. Exactly. Which I which I find baffling to me. I mean, it's just sexism. It's right. just misogyny. Yeah. It's and, not, uh, yeah. There and the go. culture what of I shouldn't 2009. Say is that it's baffling. What I should say is that the, yeah. the, the, misogyny baffles me there we go yeah. that that's like, the phrase i wanted <laughs> we want to act like 2009 was like recent and like probably a gentler era but it was deeply misogynistic like pop culture yeah. was like the entire dialogue around this film around megan fox was like incredibly sexist from the marketing department that was like megan fox is hot that's our marketing tech like that's our marketing strategy literally that's what they sent karen kusama to the way people talked about her because she was just out of Transformers and the, there was this whole narrative about her um, being fired from that being franchise, which was totally... Transformers, which is bullshit? Yes. Which was like, oh. he, I mean, that dude was like making him wash her car and she, like wash her, his car. And it was gross, right? And uh, so it's so nice. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is exactly what that we're talking about right now is that at the time, there was so much gatekeeping around this and it's finally getting revisited and through a modern lens. And I think people are more receptive of it. So like, I wanted to talk about it because I was like, okay, maybe people will give us another shot or we'll give it a shot for the first time because all they heard was the backlash. So to hear you talk about Megan Fox that way makes me really happy. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't not. And honestly, I, I always think about the title of this movie and I think to myself, 
why is this movie called Jennifer's Body? And I almost feel like it's Diablo Cody saying fuck you to all oh, of the people one who were trying who were trying, <laughs> who were trying yes. to like fuck around with this movie and are the reason that it didn't do as well as it could have done they are the reason not <laughs> Megan Fox or anybody else I think it was well, yeah. Cody going like okay fine if that's gonna be all that this movie is about why don't we just why don't we just title it that why don't we just fucking mm-hmm. plaster it across everything sure we'll call it Jennifer's body because that's what everyone fucking cares about right it's just fucking right. Megan Fox's body no no no, it's fine and also like the anti-diablo cody of it all like all of the like sex work shaming that was happening she had just won the academy award for juno and everyone was like oh she's a stripper she's a stripper like the deep misogyny and like sexism around the dialogue around her so you like put that two to get those two things together plus it's a woman director like and and it's about girlhood this thing was just like a neck beard it was neck beard catnip yeah. you know and there was at a time where there was just like no pushback against that kind of debate you know so i don't know i love it <laughs> i'm sorry anyway my answer was megan fox so otis you are the last one i believe yeah i'm hopping on that train i actually wrote jennifer's lingo and I actually wrote jennifer <laughs> yeah she's such an a confusing character sometimes because the way she talks i guess it's kind of like she's I don't know, channeling her inner like Freddy Krueger because anytime he killed somebody, it was a pun about whatever situation they were in. He always talked real cool and the more movies he went through, he talked even cooler and cooler. I just, it's fun. Just about every scene she's in, it's really interesting. And honestly, her scenes were probably the best scenes in the movie because that's where all the murder was coming from. All the, I don't know. It, It was just really fun to see her. And it's funny, even at the end, when she gets a box cutter to the chest, she doesn't say like, ah, you killed me. She says, ow, my tit. <laughs> it's it's such a funny thing to say as you're like dying, like my tit. <laughs> but no, just like uh, you ladies were saying about, about Megan Fox, it, it's such a fun flip from the Transformers movies where they would have absolute minutes of her just posing like, like, oh, your car needs this fixed and this fixed. And then like a slow pan over right. her body yeah. and stuff. And uh, there's a movie recently, actually a couple of years ago that, that Megan Fox did uh, kind of a thriller. And you probably know the name of it, Rachel. I, can't I pulled it up because I was going to recommend it because you guys are giving her so much yeah, praise. Yeah, it's called, yeah. is it Till Death? Is that yes. the one you're talking about? That movie? Yeah, the, the movie where she walks around for half of it with her dead husband handcuffed to her or something. Yes. Right? Yes. Hardcore. Yeah. Yep. Apparently that movie, she got a ton of praise for it. So it, it's it's cool to see her not just be eye candy and actually act. when It's really mm-hmm. fun to see. So, Katie, who was your least favorite character? Low shoulder. Hey. Yeah. Uh, right. So not a single character, but four or five Horrible, creepy, creepy ass dudes. Fuck them. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Adam Brody is super cute, and I've had a crush on him since like 2004, but can't. Nope. His character in this movie was just awful, and the whole band, like, oh yeah, let's just murder this girl so we can get famous. Like, what the fuck? What? Or you could just, you know, be good. It's not that hard. <laughs> that is hard. We just kill somebody. It's so much easier. And he was saying that 
being an indie band in 2009 was super hard to get famous, except clearly it wasn't because there was like 87 billion indie bands that were also famous at the time. Like, bro, you all you needed was one song. You could have been the opening act of Warp Tour that year and just been fine. Like, hire yourself a manager, grow the fuck up. Don't be rapey. Don't murder people. How dare you? I can't say funny shit like that when I'm in the process of drinking something liquid. <coughs> Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Rachel, least favorite. Dudes on the internet. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think probably like actually in the movie, the girl that is like, how dare you talk about low shoulder like that? Just probably. Whose name is Chastity, so. which Diablo. Okay, Chastity. Diablo. Okay, there you Come go. On, Diablo. You anger <laughs> Chastity. Come on. <laughs> yes, down Chastity. That is the takeaway of this film. Emma. Uh, choo-choo, low shoulder, fuck them all. <laughs> Absolute pieces of junk. It's misogyny and greed and freaking selfish, toxic masculinity all in one. And I'm like, all y'all need to just, uh-uh. So, yeah, choo-choo on that one. Sam. That would be Chip. Ooh, Ooh controversial. <laughs> I like it. Chip is my least favorite character. Um, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about this because this is not my, this is not a, a let's talk about our feelings and our past experiences podcast, but um, I cannot stand characters that do the cheating thing. Cheating is maybe um, simultaneously one of the most used tropes in any story not just horror but any story and be my most hated it's one of the i have a really difficult time getting over uh characters who make the choice like i have a really difficult time doing it and in this instance especially because it's a high school thing it's um i'm not gonna say the word trigger because it's not I'm okay. But like, um, it's bordering that like issue uh, for me when I watch this movie, it doesn't matter how many times I've watched it. The minute Chip and his poor young adult male ego fifis are hurt because he thinks maybe his girlfriend maybe had a crush on some other dude that he has literally never heard anything about except in this one random fucking moment and oh I'm gonna believe it so hard that I'm going to fucking make out with her best friend because of how hot she is I lose absolutely every fucking feeling of sympathy for you I just I they're they're gone my feelings for you are gone (laughs) I no longer care um so so, i'm gonna play devil's advocate right here because i know that megan fox was your favorite character but like yes chip is a cheater but also like where is the hate for the best friend who came on to your boyfriend yep that's why my favorite character is megan fox and not jennifer because checkmate (laughs) (laughs) because i don't jennifer as a character is not my favorite megan in terms of her presence and her acting for the role is my favorite um but no i i also feel like i'm gonna have to venmo you soon for for the show that i'm getting (laughs) 
you're welcome um yeah uh yeah I'm not gonna talk about it but let's just say that I have a maybe almost identical (laughs) experience to this um from when I was younger and uh it was not it it was maybe not as bloody as this but also (laughs) but it also was very similar in a lot of respects and uh I'm not here for it so yeah I can't anything that Chip does I don't care what dumb stupid lines he he uses he can take his penis cheese and he can just go the fuck home so I went no more internet for me today right (laughs) (laughs) I I went with the the I hopped on the train low shoulder and it's funny if if you've heard any episodes that we do I enjoy a good villain if they're doing their job, it's probably the best yep. character in the movie. But they were like the secondary, like low-level villain. The thing that they created was the for real villain. And it's funny, they it took so long for them to get their comeuppance, but I don't know. It happened, so I'm happy about that. But they were just meh. And then in the background of all the scenes, you just hear that they're getting more and more popular. And Needy's like, Ugh. anytime she hears a song on the radio, she's like, oh, this fucking song. So it was more of like a joke that they were just like evil in the background. But then finally, I'm happy that they caught back up to him. It was just like, we didn't forget y'all. They're going to die. Don't worry. I'm like, yay. <laughs> but no, low shoulder. They, they were poop. It was one of the poopiest villains in this movie. So let's do seven word synopsis. So I have a couple and my cat's sitting on my book. So I'll read off the other ones first. Just move her. It's fine. There you go. Bye, Bella. I love you. So, Bye, Bella's butthole. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> my first one. Movie makes dudes look so damn dumb. And like I said, when they're being led by the junk to their demise, a lot of things get overlooked. And it's like, why did she lead me to the woods? Oh, her boobs are out. Okay. And, you know, it's just... But like I said, they're high school kids. They're supposed to be high school kids, so they're supposed to be exactly dumber yeah. than they really should be. Character archetypes are mixed up in movie, and I actually absolutely adored that. Like like we said earlier, final girls not supposed to have sex, but our final girl in this movie she she had four minutes sex <laughs> before, <laughs> so she's different. But I mean, final girls have changed over the years, so now it's not really that way. I mean, if you look at a movie like X all the girls got busy in that movie and still they had a final girl so it's a little different now that phrasing so and my last one was and this is the big one i've been saving movie was made 10 years too soon if this bad boy came out in 2019 oh my god boy fucking howdy would this movie have gotten so much more praise and love it reminds me of movies like like get out and oh it's that type of horror where it has that underlying this is what we're really talking about social commentary horror thank you Mm -hmm. and that layer of like okay it's spooky as fuck but we're really talking about gentrification you know it would have been that and i think it more people would have appreciated what they were going for with this yeah instead of the whole confusing like is this movie for dudes because megan fox is hot but we don't see boobies there aren't any boobies in this movie (laughs) actually which is so surprising to me. Yeah. Honestly. 
it's it's so odd. Like I thought about it, and I'm like, is this if it's supposed to be a movie for for dudes, it should have been boobs every five seconds. Given like, how hard they were riding Diablo's dick about like the marketing for this, I'm yeah. so surprised Megan Fox wasn't naked at some point. Yeah, but 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 for a movie like that, there were no boobies in this, and so I was like, well, I'll be use dipped. your imagination. Yeah, there were a lot of scenes where it's oh. like, <clears throat> give me one more inch of the screen, please. Uh, uh, but you know. So I, I just wish this movie came out a little bit later. I think it would have done a lot better. Katie. 2009 fashion and vocabulary was just awful. <laughs> and then Jennifer was a trash friend from Jump. She sucked at the start. Needy, like, they, she was not good. Every time she spoke to Needy, she was, like, talking down to her. She kept mentioning about how hot she was and how normal everybody else was and all this bullshit. It's like, could you, like, stop and, like, hype up your BFF for a second? Like, you're being super bitchy right now, and I can't. Because it's not like, I mean, they tried really hard in this movie, but it's not like Amanda Seyfried is ugly. Like, they tried so hard, and they... mm, Five out of ten for the effort on it because she's not she's not ugly. You can't uh, go. So, yeah, so bad. Otis, exactly. Otis was watching this like he watched this like a month ago. Just like he just had it on in the background, and I was like in the other room, the room next to where he was watching it, kind of listening but not really watching. And then I came, I like had to go to the bathroom or something, and glanced at the screen, and she was like in her glasses and her frumpy outfit, and I was like. What the fuck? Why is Amanda Seyfried like trying to be uh, ugly? <laughs> yeah, like it, it was a bad choice. So bad. It's it's like the dude, it's like the dude's porno version of what an ugly girl is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's like a I mean, and I think that this movie definitely harkens back to this. It's like a 90s like um makeover movie kind oh, of yeah. like like she's, she's all, all that. that she she Job is rachel lee cook prior to the makeover for sure yes like that is i think the aesthetic that they're going to and Slap like what the reference on her and she's automatically yes. ugly yeah. or whatever yes yeah. yes yeah i mean <laughs> i wish it were that easy but unfortunately i should be that way in fact, i'm about to put some on right now because i should be wearing my blue light glasses yeah just a mess um and then jennifer stopped trying to make salty happen because that was it was over the top there was no need for that and then my last one megan fox acts like herself with mgk this movie was just a a 10 year too soon look into her current relationship with her husband machine gun kelly like the biting her tongue on fire (laughs) and like eating blood and all this weird shit like that's just you this is just you megan fox there was that wasn't acting you're you're not pretending to be jennifer you just are that like you might not be murdering folks but you're doing some weird ass shit with mgk right now (laughs) emma okay those glasses on amanda seafried wrong choice uh flip the script trade the tropes nice a uh, sacrificial virgin takes revenge on small town. Where's it at, Monastat? What's up, Vagisil? 
That fucking exchange. I was like, y'all. Snaps. Fucking mess. And then my alliterative burned bar band beguiles babe begets Beelzebabe. Very nice. That's a good one. Rachel. I mean, mine's going to be very underwhelming after this. It was, I had two and it was, don't pick your favorite band off MySpace. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) And Megan Fox eats boys. It's freaking awesome. Hell yes. <laughs> like I didn't get enough alliteration. You guys you guys are the veterans on this and it's quite clear. <laughs> I'm out of my league over here. We do it a lot. <laughs> uh, Sam, oh. did you do yours? No. And I actually am uncharacteristic for myself and I have four, which nice. is <laughs> very uncharacteristic for me, but it's Jennifer's pocket. So I had to go yeah. I, I had to go all out. So I have the Satanic Panic, but make it 2000s. Ooh. I like it. Another horror metaphor for puberty issues. Nice. Diablo Cody's sarcastic barbs are chef's kiss. <laughs> and my last one, eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. Well played. I cannot believe they fucking started singing that song. Adam Brody does okay for as amazing as a douchebag as he plays. That scene is so I think of that scene every time I hear that song now. Which is fucking wild. Fucking wild. It's it's like an awkward icebreaker. (laughs) They start it and I was and the you hear it when he's speaking and you're like, no, he's not, no. He's not, no, no, no. Adam Brody, stop. What are you doing? And it just keeps going. It's good stuff. Okay, so before we get into the budget and box office, on Rachel's podcast, on her episodes, they do one little thing. And I thought it was a really cool question that you ask your friends. And what drink would you pair with this movie? If you were going to view this movie again, sit down, after a nice hard day at work or day of no work, just the most relaxed you could be, what drink would you pair with this movie? Katie? So this movie came out in 2009, um, which is like, I was peak drunk in 2009, okay? I was 22. That was like, let's just get hammered and do everything hammered that year. Uh, So... My drink of choice, because it will get you hammered very quickly and very cheaply, um, would be the AMF. The Adios motherfucker would be a great drink to drink while watching this movie because you just have one at the very beginning and then you're blasted 10 minutes in. And then everything that's happening in this movie is much funnier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Rachel. Okay, so I think of this movie as very much a celebration of femininity. Um, I think it's an exploration of girlhood, complicated female relationships, all those kinds of things, which I always enjoy in a horror film or just in things generally. So I wanted to pick a little drink that would speak to the spirit of it and also was very, very girly. So I went for the sweet cherry bourbon smash, but in, because this is high school, a red solo cup. And that is a cocktail that you start with muddled cherries because, I mean, come on, it's all about virginity, right? Um, Mint simple syrup, 
a good bourbon. I recommend Bullet, perhaps, lime juice and club soda. And it's pink and it's sweet and it will get you fucked up. So that is what I would drink with another round of Jennifer's Body. That was pretty damn good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sam. So uh, a little known known uh fact about me and that is that i've been to a lot of 21st birthday parties in my day and one of the things that the minute that i was asked this question for jennifer's body my brain automatically went to was a flaming dr pepper (gasps) i haven't had one of those since i was like 21 (laughs) holy shit because it is a very young Thing. it is an exciting thing there's fire involved it is also very simple um and it is amaretto it is what we would have used back in the day was 151 but that might not be legal anymore so any sort of high any sort of very very high proof alcohol that you can light on fire you know is ne- necessary here and then beer and uh that the beer is the chaser just to be clear but like you you pour the amaretto in that uh 151 or high alcohol content beer into a little shot glass you take a little lighter you light that shit on fire it is on fire and you put that shit in your mouth because you are a god you can light this drink on fire and put it in your mouth just like jennifer can put a big lighter up against her fucking tongue that's all y'all roll hard in fresno we used to drop them in the beer to put it out and then you chug the thing oh absolutely not you (laughs) swallow that shit whole it's out the minute that it hits your mouth very hot there maybe you're used to it i don't know yeah (laughs) we're very delicate up north okay we need we need the fire extinguished before it goes to our mouth (laughs) (laughs) she said delicate delicate little snowflakes (laughs) We, we would have melted (laughs) so that is my drink you you take one of those or a couple of those and uh my friend if you use 151 in them like you should because that's how they're made you'll be fine you'll you're probably not gonna remember tonight or maybe tomorrow either but you'll be fine uh emma i have two i have one called death in the afternoon which is absinthe and champagne it can make you feel fancy and pretty, but it's oh, deadly. No. That's so, a, no thanks. A little bit like Megan yeah. Fox. Fancy and, and then uh, yeah. the other, right? The other one would be a spicy Bloody Mary. Bloody Marys. Ooh, lots so, of horseradish. And I have to go with that because of the the Mary thing. You know, she was supposed to be a virgin when she was sacrificed, but it got all bloody, and then she was like, "Uh, uh, 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 uh." should have checked so yeah those are my two watching this movie in any type of horror like this it's either college or high school so i went back to younger me and what i would have been drinking in 2009 and one ingredient stands out above the rest katie grimaces when i talk about this ingredient Uh, i i still like it but i think it'll kill me if i drink too much of it and that's jaeger so it had to be something with, with Jaeger in it. And that just, Ooh. that's 2009 me. Like, yeah, Jaeger bones, let's do it. I have oh. blacked out less than a handful of times in my life. And every single one of those times in my life has been because Jaeger was involved. Yes. Uh, one party, I believe, I can't remember what I was taking shots of, but I think I had Jaeger out. 
And that was the one part of you like, let's take shots, Otis. I was like, nah, I'm good. I just want to <laughs> read my Bible over here. And Katie said oh, the shit. magic words that <laughs> makes me want to drink. And she said, don't be a bitch. And I was like, well, I'm not a bitch. And then <laughs> five hours go by. What and I'm just like McFly? in a ditch. Like, what's happening to, be to fair, my life? <laughs> we were not taking. Ye- you were not taking Jaeger shots. I thought I was sipping on Jaeger. No, I don't think you were. I think you were drinking beer and taking the shots that we were all taking. <laughs> which are... Katie's like, you misconstrued my my comment here. <laughs> Sam was at that party. We were taking like Scooby <laughs> Scooby snacks. Like, just wait, what was this? Scooby was, snacks. Wait, what was this? New Year's when? What year? I don't know. Oh, years I and years did. ago. When you were at the big house. Yeah. Like the big house. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Fuck, that was, was there. She Kenny. was taking shots and she was just fine. Okay? <laughs> Holy shit. Don't get at me like I drugged you. <laughs> you just can't hold your shit. Sorry, I was working on my Bible verses. and then Shut the fuck up. You, you, you what he means is they them. disappeared for several hours upstairs because they started fucking in the middle of the party. Just to be clear. Mm. I mean, biblically, biblically, right? Yep. <laughs> Relations, revelations, whatever. Yeah, it got biblical there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody was calling for Jesus, oh, I tell you what. If it wasn't like a Jaeger bomb, I actually looked up the 9-11 shot that, that Jennifer was looking at. It's Jack Daniels, Soko, and Jaeger. That, that, that's up my That's for alley. sure not what she was drinking in this movie. Well, the yeah, because it was like a red, blue, white, and blue. It was, red, white, and blue. It was like a red, white, and blue something or yeah. other. That was layered. I could. That was uh, blue curacao on the bottom, straight up <laughs> coconut. Uh, Maybe Malibu in the middle. Malibu's clear, so it was coconut. You're um, right. Malibu is clear. I always think Malibu it's is coconut white cream in the middle because that's the only thing that would be thick and white like that. And then it, uh, yeah. yeah, gross. That you can that it is available at a bar to drink for purchase <laughs> she had to be real hole. specific and then because she realized the grenadine at the top milky white <laughs> description yeah it's just grenadine <laughs> coconut crap oh. and the blue curacao that's what made those twin towers yeah well the 9-11 shot i looked up had those three and i'm like, oh i'm sure that's a it's a, that's the more accurate one but the one they did for the movie that was just red white and blue bullshit yeah but no, I, I would I would take a 9-11 shot. So Did you take the Twin Towers? Yeah. Never forget. Never forget. <laughs> you got to sing the song. Gotta... Yeah. Where were you? And then just take I'm proud to be an American. Please don't. Okay. Listen, I had to fucking sing that Alan Jackson song in eighth grade choir or whatever in middle school. Can we not? Because I have PTSD from having to sing that song. Fucking Lee okay? Greenwood just like shot. Proud to be an American. Bullshit. <laughs> no, yeah. we'll sing the I am a real American that from Hulk Hogan. That's better. Ish. Not really better. I, I guess. Just don't be black around him. So <laughs> this movie came out September 18th, 2009. Uh, what do you hey, what do you ladies think the budget was? Katie. Um seven and a half million dollars. Oh, uh, Rachel, fun fact. Uh, we usually don't say million, so I could feel That's Katie. why I said million. Uh, instead of million, we say dollar you do. It's, uh, <laughs> it's like a 200 episode <laughs> thing. So it's just, we say dollar you do. Dollar you do. Okay. When, if you mean million, just say dollar you do's of that. Got it. So uh, Hit the music. We know it. That's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> 
Seven and a half dollar dues. Sam. I'm going to remind everyone that numbers and I are not friends. So with that in mind, I wrote down $19 dues. That's not bad. That's not bad. Is this like a price is right situation? Yes. Yes. Closest? Okay. Yes. I'm going to say $19.5 dues. Fuck. (laughs) Emma. I'm going to say $15 dues. $15. Dollary dues. Cut it low. Give it to me. <laughs> so closest to the pen was Emma. Oh, damn it. The budget was sixteen dollary dues. Uh, all right. So for two thousand nine, yeah, it's not a bad budget. It makes sense of what they had. They had a ton of people in the movie. They had to, you know, fund not a ton of different scenes. What two or three different houses? A school. In a school. And a lot of forest and a area. cast, a, a wild pool. ass cast. A wild was... cast. What I was thinking with my budget was the effects or the, I mean, practical or special. There's yeah. a lot of special, but some of them, you know. Yeah, the effects don't look aged, you know, for their time. It looks it look great. Good. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't thinking properly about where this landed in Megan Fox's timeline. Oh, but the she fact that this paid. was, well, yeah, the fact that right this was after, after Transformers, like, she, Mm-hmm. Her budget, her requirement would have been a lot. Amanda Seyfried's not so much, but her Megan Fox's would have been big. Yeah, her paycheck was large. Uh, not as much as Chris Pratt. You see the work he did in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, Katie, what do you think the box office was? Damn it! I'm gonna need my phone to stop. Turn it off. Uh, Sixty million. Sorry, sixty dollar dues. <laughs> <laughs> she said it the wrong way to pull out a knife. Like you say it right. Uh Sam. Fifty dollar dues. Fifty. Rachel. Well, this was considered a failure, right? And at sixteen million, if they made fifty, that would probably be like moderately successful, right? Yeah. I'm gonna say Thirty-one dollar reduce. Okay, okay. Like where your head's at, Emma. I'm gonna split them all and say forty. Forty. It's a reasonable plan. Uh, I don't know the sound when someone like gets it. it blah, blah, blah. That's the sound now. So <laughs> the box office was thirty-one point six dollars. God damn! Wow. So, yes, th- this was what a failure. What a way to come on. For, for what they, yeah, for what they wanted, yeah, this is a failure. They wanted, you know. The, they wanted Transformers money. Yeah. They got the Transformers yeah. girl. Yeah. How old Megan Fox is in this? We'll make billions of dollars. Oh, no. As it turns out, you're not making, no one's making Transformers money at that time. Yeah, should have put a robot in this. Probably made some more money. <laughs> robot with boobs. But. Yikes. It's. Yeah, like like we said before, they didn't know who they were really aiming this movie at. There were a lot of, I don't know, twisted lines on this. So it's fine. It, it made its money. It became a cult classic. So it, the people that needed to see it and people that should see it are catching this movie. So it's getting the love it deserved. It's just a shame that uh, for a long time, I saw one interview with the director and Megan Fox. And for a long time, Megan Fox wouldn't 
talk about this movie because she felt like she wouldn't it, talk about anything. Yeah, it was her mm-hmm. fault that this movie failed. And it's like, no, it's it's a lot more. It wasn't just you making this movie fail. It's it, it's a shame. Like I said, for I've seen bad movies. This is not a bad not, movie. No. I've seen some well, terrible. It is movies. a to taste movie. It is yes. a there are some people who are not going to like it. There are some people who are. But even the people who don't like it usually understand that why it appeals to the people who do like it. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's not one of those movies where it's like, oh, I have no fucking idea how this movie <laughs> has any sort of fans like that's just not what this movie is yeah well the problem too is like everyone thinks that you know all movies to be a success they've got to make three four five times their budget there but in but in horror films that's not true horror films if it's made anything more than it made like they they made their money back yeah that's a fucking success especially if the um the thing you're talking about is a brand new idea like okay if if you put out a chucky film it's gonna make money like no matter how much money you spend on it it's it's gonna be a success right same with basically the halloweens the the slashers the things everybody knows those are gonna make a ton of money regardless like those are gonna be box office successes no matter who you are but the littler known things like fuck dave made a maze happy death day to you like that it's hard to get people in the seats to go see those things because they they have no frame of reference for it and it hasn't been talked about enough horror is kind of one of those things where people need to like hype it up like a whole bunch of people have to go see it and then they've got to hype it up to get other people to go see it and if a whole bunch of people don't see it at the very start it's not going to get that kind of traction like a lot of horror films end up being cult classics because of that like Yes, it it deserved to be to make a lot more money than it did, but over the course of time, everyone has kind of grown to appreciate it a lot more. Like, yeah, if money was cumulative and not in that actual moment, then yeah, cult well, classics would be some of the most successful shit on the planet. Oh yeah, horror <laughs> is just weird that way for the most part. Like, it's it's hard for what what is a successful horror film is a lot different than like what is a successful marvel movie like you know a marvel movie's got to make a billion dollars to be a success and a horror movie's got to make like 10 million dollars more than it costs to to film it like that's a success yeah make a second one make a third one you know yeah the hatchet films exactly Adam Green is just happy that they're coming out. He's like, yeah. hey, I got another idea for another Hatchet film. They're like, do it. He's like, all right. Yeah. So, the last one made $5,000 more than we spent on it. Right on. Cool. Make another one. That's 5000 more bucks we got to make the next one. <laughs> they straight up they straight up handed out handfuls of dollary dinks and a platter of Subway sandwiches. And then it came back like, oh, hey, that was really funny. And that's all they needed. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Okay. So minority kill count i don't remember anybody of color dying in this movie the indian guy i was yeah. saying exchange student hey. it happened so quick i didn't even remember him yep Damn, so the new number is 251 we've started this from the beginning rachel so that's how many minorities we have counted in our movies 
and a Tito Ooh. Turtle. That's from Willy's Wonderland. Uh, we just keep <laughs> counting them because minority. <laughs> But he, he speaks Spanish. But he ain't a people. His name is Tito Turtle and he speaks Spanish, but he's not a person. He's a turtle. But he spoke a lot of Spanish, so he's kind of minority. No moss. Yeah, no he's getting mas. his ass kicked. And a house full of vampires. That's from Day Shift. So Yeah. Too many people died really quickly. We couldn't count everybody. So <laughs> they just join us on the journey. A house that. full of vampires. So we'll never forget. <laughs> so uh Ladies, uh, does anybody have anything else to say about Jennifer's body before we get out of here? So, Rachel, if anybody wanted to check out your podcast and listen to some more of you, where can they find you? You can find us on basically anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on all the platforms. You can look up Zombie Girls or if you want to look up any of our individual shows, they're all on there. If you want to follow us on social media, the best place to do that is on Instagram on, on Instagram and Twitter at ZG Podcast. And that's podcast plural and we're also on facebook so you can find us there as well but yeah definitely check us out if you enjoy the show leave us a review hit us up in the dms you know whatever we'd love to hear from you and we hope you enjoy it thank you so much rachel for being here this is thanks for inviting fun. me this uh, has been so fun it it's always cool I, I was talking you up to my friends and saying like you know it's fun seeing other podcast out in the world because like you said it kind of feels like you're on the island for a little bit so it's always fun to see more people and it's like it when, when i listen to the shows and i'm like dang that's a really good that's some good talking so it, it <laughs> makes me happy i get to talk to some people that i've heard before so with that that is the end of this episode so if you have any other cool fun facts about Succubuses or anything like that, like the one from South Park, the chef, that was his girlfriend, and they sang that song. Uh, they kept singing that song. It's a good episode of South Park. Like, one from VHS, right? I don't think she was. She was, she was a succubus yeah. for sure in the hotel. That, that girl in the hotel. Yeah, she had wings. She did have wings. That was. Amazing. That's great. But you can tweet it, right? But you can tweet us at Allentown Pod. We have an email. It is AllentownPresents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook Allentown So that is episode 23 in the books. Yay. We got eight more. We have a couple of newer films coming out that we just need to sit down and review. Uh, we still are going to do Halloween Ends, and that's going to be a fun one. And then Barbarian's passing in at some point. I'm very excited for that. 99 Yes. And we may have space. I might show my friends Terrifier 2. You know, that's my film I watched last year. So I might have them watch that one. Yes, ma'am, it did. How did you watch it last year? You watched Terrifier 1. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the first one, and then I went, oh, Lord, in one scene. So... We'll see if we I'll watch, watch it. Show. I'm excited to watch that one, actually. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, I passed out and I fainted and I threw up in the theater because yeah. it was so scary. Yeah. I don't think it's scary. I think it's just gross. I think everybody <laughs> is scared of clowns and that just helps. Right about that. I don't have a problem with clowns, so. Yeah. So the music you're listening to right now, that is Flip and the Combined Effort. Flip and the CE anywhere. You can find them. They're awesome. I need some more music from you guys. Uh, Studio Fetus, thank you so much for the artwork. I actually need to talk to you some more. So with that, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another scary film. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Toots. Bye-bye. Thug life. Thug life. Thug
off the beat, yo. Alive, 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 alive. Hey, Baggins. You're welcome. <laughs>